Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford and I'm sitting in this lovely warm room in my house talking to a beautiful soul way across the other side of the pond. <laughs> a lady I admire greatly um, and who has been an incredible teacher for me. I'd like to introduce you to Elsie Spittle. Elsie is a woman who's been around this understanding for many, many, many years. In fact, she was probably and most definitely was the first person that Sid spoke to um, about this after his, his enlightenment experience. What I love about Elsie is she coaches and trains and mentors others in this understanding, maintaining the purity and the simplicity of the three principles. And that's something that just fills my heart because in my experience, that's where the magic is. Mm. So welcome, Elsie. Oh, thank you. And I, I love this environment. And it does feel like here I am with my cuppa. <laughs> and uh, and we're sitting in front of your fireplace and just this gorgeous setting. And uh, and I'm glad to be with you. And you know what? We haven't spoken for a little while. And so your accent comes across just, you know, that warms my heart because it reminds me a little bit of, um, of Sid, although his accent wasn't quite as rich hmm. by the time I, I met him as yours is. And of course, um, yeah, wasn't, wasn't quite as strong as your accent, but that helps me feel at home, Jackie. Oh, that's beautiful. That's really lovely. Thank you, Elsie. And I love what you're offering, you know, that you're offering people a chance, um, to hear and to recognize the simplicity of this understanding because, um, that's certainly what touched me. It was the, the simplicity of Sid living his experience mm -hmm. more than talking about it. When he talked about his experience, it was uh, not something that appealed to me at all. Mm. But it was, it was the feeling of his experience, the feeling of his enjoying life in a way that he hadn't before. That's what drew me. And so I really appreciate that you're pointing people in that direction. Mm -hmm. It's so important, Elsie. I know when I came across this understanding after years and years and years of searching, <laughs> knowing there was something, but not, you know, touching on the spiritual nature of life, but still searching. But when I came across this understanding, I went from searching to knowing. It was like that full stop just ended the search. And I'd love other people to, to remember that when they come across this understanding and they have, you know, some kind of insight into the nature of, of life and not, not to always keep searching, but to keep living and, and letting life show them. Yeah. It, it's interesting you say that, that when you were introduced to this, that you, you moved from seeking to knowing like, can, I'd like to ask you if that's okay. Sure. You know, we're just two gals having coffee. <laughs> we are. Because it was so different for me. Mm. And because Ken and I probably were the first ones that Sid shared his experience with, aside from, of course, his mother-in-law, who was living with them and, and was not, uh, did not embrace this understanding either with open arms. Um, and so what, what was that like for you to move from seeking to knowing? Like, how did that look like to you? It was incredible, Elsie, because I'd always had such a busy mind that I would listen to music all the time to distract myself or 
to try and quieten my mind down. I was always booking myself in courses and looking outside of myself, traveling all over the world, trying, trying to find to find the thing I was looking for, but yet I didn't know what that thing was. When I came across this understanding, my mind just went quiet, completely quiet. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found really, really interesting, it felt as though everything that I'd known before, I didn't know anymore. I couldn't articulate this understanding for about two years. I kept trying and I kept trying, but I kept getting caught up, you know, in my head about what I was meant to see and how I was meant to see it. And eventually I realized that I am this understanding. Mm-hmm. And the minute that I settled into that space, it became easier and easier to share. Because I know that I've told you about trying to share it with my three daughters. <laughs> It's just a complete no-go. You know, that eye-rolling and all sorts of things happening. But it was the... <laughs> I knew, Elsie, that I'd surrendered to life. Yeah. There, there must have been a feeling for you, Jackie. Like, when you say knowing, I... To me, like, that moves into the experience of, of feeling that. Even though you can't articulate it... Yeah. You feel the truth of of the experience. Absolutely. When you were saying that, what it felt like was I dropped into myself. Okay, right. That was the feeling, Elsie. I felt felt rooted. Yeah. I felt strong. I felt serene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's really beautiful. It's funny how we all have our unique, um, our unique journeys mm. that are really relevant to us. You know, whatever mm. it is that we need. I certainly had a very busy mind when I, um, when I first met Sid, as did he. And I didn't know there was anything to find, so I, I wasn't what you would call a seeker. I just lived in a feeling of dissatisfaction with my life because I also got married young and had family right away Mm -hmm. and felt trapped by that, by that life, by that Mm -hmm. environment. And, and I also had a religious background with all its beliefs of punishment Mm -hmm. and doing wrong. And so um, all of that combined to, for me to, you know, make a big story out of it, not to, not to have room to be happy. Mm-hmm. And so there were moments, too, where I just slipped into a little contentment here and there, a little piece of happiness here mm-hmm. and there with my family and husband. But I certainly didn't know that that was coming from within me. Mm-hmm. I thought that was something to do with, okay, my children are being extra special good in this day. <laughs> You know, this afternoon yeah. we're out, and I fed them ice cream and candy. And <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, my husband is being really good because I had been good to him. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know um, that that was coming from us. Yeah. And um, and that we that that is us. I remember Sid at one point saying, I don't know, maybe a couple of years into his teaching, or maybe that's when I heard it where he was saying, you know, this, this understanding, this power isn't just uh, your birthright, it's you. Mm. And, and I felt that. I didn't understand it. I didn't stay there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it kind of went in, it, it hovered for a bit in my mind mm-hmm. and then carried on again. But it stirred something in me. And then later on, you know, I, quite a bit later on, I, I began to see that, you know, kind of step by step. I've been a slow learner <laughs> all these years, but I, I finally really did slip into that, that we are, 
what we're looking for. You know, it's not just that wisdom has our back or that the principles um, are operational from time to time. Mm -hmm. Really getting that knowing that you talk about. Yeah. Knowing that we are the principles in action. Yes. That we are wisdom. Mm. That we are God. You know, that's another way of putting it, that we're God. Um, and that helped me just be. Yeah. And just, you know, start to live, which is what you keep pointing people to, the simplicity of that. Mm. I love that, Jackie. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of you know times that we've spoken, Elsie, and, and what you've said to me has really, really deeply impacted me. And one of the things I remember you saying to me was, make space for your own insights. Yeah. That is so powerful because you know when people come across this understanding of the three principles at first, it's almost like they get a vampire-like thirst for more information, for more information, for more information, you know, and, and they're jumping from one course to the other to the other. And that was just so beautiful for me at that stage in my journey to know that it was okay to step back. Yeah, yeah. And I that still is, is part of my uh, consistent sharing. Yeah, because I keep hearing that people don't, <laughs> you know, that people find that almost difficult to believe that that's possible. I, I suspect part of it is that there's a certain energy attached to seeking mm. and, and going where there's a, a like-minded group. You know, there's energy about that. Can you explain that a wee bit more, Elsie? What do you mean by that? There's an energy. Well, because there's there's more people gathered together of you know like-minded people, mm-hmm. and and so that that's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But you can build a story around that, so you become dependent on what you consider more energy. Yeah, but it's really not because. When you're on your own, and as you say, you allow space for your own wisdom to emerge, Mm. that's as much energy, if not more, than the combined energy of 100 people. And and that's what I loved about this summer. I I love to travel and share with people. Mm -hmm. I do find myself doing less of that, you know, as my journey has continued and I, I find that I love the richness of, of the simplicity of, of being at home, mm. being on my patio, having a glass of wine with candy barbecues. Yeah. There's, there's nothing that I love more except maybe having a, a, my family here as well. But even honestly, some of the best times has just been Ken and I in the summer on our own. And there's a richness and a fullness of that that in, in some ways is more than speaking to a thousand people yeah. at the conference. Um, and that's what I mean. Like for, for people to find the bounty of that infinite energy within ourselves. Because it, it's not only the richness of the feeling it's the fact that it also contains more knowledge yeah. and more knowing. And so I think sometimes people get drawn to that energy of going, you know, to the conferences and other seminars and retreats, and they gain insights there. But they don't realize that if they pulled it in a little mm. and nestled inside, they would get even more insights from that power within us by simply living. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like, what's not to like? Oh, I know. I don't say it. I know. That's a sacred thing. That's a sacred thing mm-hmm. to honor. I know that after I came back from Salt Spring last November, 
I just took my foot off the gas in my business completely for about eight, eight or nine months. I was <laughs> just, I just really, really, really settled into life. And before I'd come to Salt Spring, I would have said to you, yeah, I pretty was much in my life, you know, because I was. Yeah. But there was a depth in it. I mean, you know, I cried the whole way through the whole two days, <laughs> as per usual. You know, and, and when I got home, I just, it wasn't a conscious decision. I, I just knew that, that I had to slow down even more. Mm-hmm. And so it was all about the family and it was all about Jerry and it was all about living and decorating our house and doing the garden and doing up my little summer house and refreshing friendships of people who are not in this community and, and, and just seeing a different depth to life yeah. that I hadn't, I hadn't seen before at that kind of level. Yeah. And I feel as though, you know, you were saying, you know, you're enjoying what I'm doing and I'm becoming more active again because I know this is what I'm meant to be doing, Elsie. And before I had a little bit of thinking about it. Yeah. But that has all, because I gave myself that space, what happened was, and again, this is another phrase you use, which I absolutely adore. During those months, what happened was there was insight without content. Yes. Yes. Can you explain that for people, Elsie? Because I think it's just wonderful. I'm going to honor when you said a little few minutes ago something about being tethered, more tethered. I want to honor that. Thank you. Because... um, that again is the richness that you're being more tethered to your true your true self. Yeah. The thing about um, insight without content that actually came from Linda Pransky, mm-hmm. and it was uh, during um, a very brief discussion we had sitting on the steps of the conference venue where she and I were going to co-present, and we had maybe ten minutes before our session started. And I had no idea what my what I was going to be talking about, which is, you know, usually the case. Sometimes I might have an actual audio insight where there's a phrase that will come to me that I, you know, will will move me forward. But oftentimes it's just about a feeling of of the experience of our true nature where I'm not getting any words, but I know the feeling is stirring me, and that's enough. I don't have to know, you know, what is being stirred. Mm -hmm. I just know that there's a feeling there. So I was, and it's a good feeling, you know. Although I must admit, when I was first describing that to Linda, it was... um, because it was a new feeling, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Mm. But it was just like this feeling of, hmm, hmm. But because, you know, my intellect couldn't wrap its finger around it, mm-hmm. this newness, experiencing newness. And I described it to Linda, and she just popped out with, that's, that's like insight without content. Mm. And I never did ask her, like, how did you know that? Or where did that mm-hmm. come from? Or did you, you know, have an experience similar to that? Mm-hmm. I just knew that what she said was true. And that was the end of our preparation. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went in and just let it fly. Mm-hmm. And that, that has then become like tethered. Yeah. Where that tethered me more deeply to my true nature because it was knowing without having to know the words. Yes. And that's why when you said early on about your knowing that you slipped yeah. from being a seeker to knowing, I was curious about what, what did that look like to you? Because yeah. I didn't have that at first. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about that. Mm-hmm. And it's that feeling, isn't it, Elsie? That, you know, that, that visceral feeling is for me it's become evidence 
evidence that my that my true nature is alive and connected yeah yeah i love that i and, love and being in life and life i mean I had a, a podcast with um, a chap the other day there and we were talking about, about labor, a woman being in labor. And I said to him, I had three natural childbirths. You know, okay, I was a midwife, but you know, I, I, I knew that my body knew better than I did what it had to do. Just as I know that my spirit knows more about life than I do. And settling into that space and just being guided by that. It's beautiful. Yeah. There's such a gentleness about that. You know, there's no rush. There's no having to do. Um, there, there's just, as you say, you know, living life, just being. Mm. And again, if, for people to open up to how powerful that is. Mm. Um, there, a couple of examples come to mind. One was um, we were invited to Italy recently to do uh, a retreat there. And um, it actually came about because the couple that invited us, Ken made a real connection with the fellow. Mm -hmm. And and so the fellow said, well, gosh, Ken, you know, um, if you'd ever like to come and it was about a boat and he and Ken were ardent boaters and sailors. Mm -hmm. And, and so Ken said, yeah, I would, I would love to come to Italy and see your, your classical boat. Mm -hmm. And they, the fellow said, and Elsie, like you could do a retreat if you wanted. Mm -hmm. Well, Ken never agreed so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> was there whiskey involved? <laughs> because he was, the first one invited and he had made such a connection you know again the simplicity of of just living your life connecting yes. made yeah. and and so off we went to italy and we had a wonderful time with this couple getting to know them uh getting to go out in the boat the day before the retreat and the down-to-earthness of the retreat mm. the, the living of life with people Mm. of sharing down-to-earth examples of living. Yeah. Um, there were certainly some, some very spiritual points and conversation about the form and the formless, and yet also bringing that down to earth yeah. in the living of it. You know, the form of our life and how that's driven by our true nature, the formless. Mm -hmm. and, and because Ken hadn't, seen me in action on my own for two days. You know, he'd seen me co-facilitating with other people. He was really touched by observing me with and feeling the feeling yeah. uh, with new eyes. And it drew out of him an ability to share more prominently than I've ever witnessed in him to the point where he really touched people you know, one-on-one -on -one in his conversations with people that led me then to feel him differently. Now, we've been married 55 years, and yet I saw him with different eyes in his living life, sharing mm. life from a down-to-earth experience and example, and as he did me. And the feeling that conveyed to the group that then drew out of them their ability to live life in the moment. Mm. And that their humanness was to be honored in a way that perhaps before they might have been feeling, oh, I should know better. Mm. You know, I should be able to do this. I should be able to rise above this situation. Yeah. And me not really knowing that, what came out of me several times were just down-to-earth examples of contentious relationships being healed by love. Yes. You know, those kind of practical, everyday life situations. And, and so that was beautiful. The feeling was just outstanding. 
everybody left after that and Ken and I had a week on our own. And this was really different for us because usually when we travel to Europe or, or different places on holiday, we're often accompanied by our daughter and her wife. Mm -hmm. And they're fabulous. You know, they are kind of our travel agents and we <laughs> love them dearly and we just have the best time with them. But this time, Ken and I were on our own for the first time in, oh my gosh, well, I think ever, well, not ever in Europe, but probably in two decades. Wow. It's the last time he and I had traveled to Switzerland and to England to do a relationship retreat that Ken wasn't a fan of. He kind of agreed to do it to get me off his back. <laughs> like, okay, okay, woman, like, I'll do this. But you've got to promise, like, let me alone. This isn't my thing to do. Yeah. But I'll go this time, but you've got to stop nagging me. <laughs> now, this is down-to-earth living. So fast forward two decades and we're on our own. He's a different person than I've seen. Mm. I'm a different person that he's seen. And now we're on vacation. <laughs> well, well, I must admit, I got a tad insecure at one moment when I'm asking um, the, the clerk at where you get tickets for the ferry to Bellagio. And I'm asking him so many questions in my insecurity that he finally rolled his eyes and said, Madam, just look at your English schedule and come back tomorrow. <laughs> and so, you know, there was humor, there were old patterns that crept in, and then there was the absolute joy of getting on the right ferry <laughs> and exploring newness together. Yeah. You know, like having an adventure that it was like we were dating again when we were 16 and 17. And there was no time, you know, we hadn't been married for 55 years. And it's like, I'm, I'm saying, like, if you can still feel that freshness in a 55-year-old marriage, yeah. you know, there's something here to, to the notion of really just living in our true nature. Oh, absolutely. That's beautiful, Elsie. That is so beautiful. I, I, I know that um, Jerry and I were on holiday. We went to Pisa. No, we didn't go to Pisa. We, we went to, um, oh, I can't remember where we went. It'll come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know where we went, but we went somewhere nice. And um, we were just walking along the road and we got to a set of traffic lights. And Jerry <laughs> turned around and kissed me at the traffic lights. And in that moment, I knew why he kissed me. I said to him, I'm not as much of a pain as I usually am in holiday, am I? <laughs> wow. It's because yeah. there was just, like we spoke about earlier, just that surrendering and not trying to control everything. You know, and, and when you speak with, you know, with Ken, there's so much love and there's so much humour. And, and that's so important in a relationship because you are seeing each other with fresh eyes because we never, ever, ever meet the same person yeah. again because we're always different depending on where our state of mind is and, and what's going on in our life and what we're thinking and you know and I love that that there's always this beautiful curiosity about you know where's Jenny in this moment and where am I yeah and there's such forgiveness in that too isn't there just yeah. enjoying the journey that that is so true you know the thing about forgiveness um because that, that was an example that came to mind to share that I hadn't shared for a few years now, although I'd shared it before when it was new. But I also found that and continue to find that you can share uh, like a, a previous insight or forward movement. You know, you can share your mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll come out fresh. Mm -hmm. um, but this forgiveness for me, with a, a long-term, like 30-year contentious relationship, came from that place of insight without content. Mm. 
that allowed a healing in the relationship to, to take place. And it wasn't even that, you know, after I kind of came out of that space and went to this conference where in my mind then I knew what to do. Mm -hmm. it, it was action that occurred in the moment. That it just spontaneously came out of me, this wisdom to honor somebody's work in a way that I hadn't felt before, mm -hmm. but that I saw with, with new eyes. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking at bits and pieces that I considered they had done wrong yeah. or that they weren't sharing Sid's message as purely as I felt they could, I honored what was right rather than what was wrong. Mm -hmm. and, and it really moved the person that I, the work of the person that I honored, in a way, honestly, it moved him to tears. Oh, bless. And I, I love that you said again earlier, Jackie, about being guided, you know, when you're just living in the moment and, yeah. and living life, how we're guided. Mm -hmm. It just comes out, well, that was just a beautiful example of not having anything in mind, nothing to do. Mm -hmm. Wisdom came out in the moment in a way that provided healing and dismantled mm -hmm. this 30-year story. Mm -hmm. And when I, not knowing why I was moved to share this story at, at the retreat in Italy, people were so struck by it. And it turned out that there were people weeping about it because they were right there themselves in some certain situations, you know, where they were oh, yeah. caught up in not in judgment and contentious relationships. And it was like, oh, gosh, she's human too. Mm -hmm. She had a contentious human relationship for 30 years that she couldn't get past and she judged. So mm -hmm. I guess that's okay because there's hope for change. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the beauty of leaving space for our own wisdom to see how, how beautifully we're guided, like you said again, Jackie, that we're guided so much more than, than we can guide ourselves, that we intellect can guide ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know? And down to earth, practical, it's not like all up here and, you know, um, as if we've never done anything wrong or if we don't still have judgmental thoughts to this day, I still have judgmental thoughts. <laughs> like, so what? Yes. Like, so what? Yes. It's honoring the form of my humanness yes. and knowing that with my so what, it just doesn't matter. Like, Sid would talk about like it's a tinker's toot. <laughs> Is that a spot? No, it's a tinker's toot. Don't know that. You don't have to give a tinker's toot about it. That's what he would say. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll need to look that up now. <laughs> <coughs> but it's like, so what? You know. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the reason I'll say this podcast is called Unashamedly Human. Because the understanding we're pointing to is... is is an understanding that doesn't strip us of our humanity. It welcomes our humanity because in each and every one of these moments where we are judgmental or we do get caught up in not forgiving people or, you know, we become sad or we have thoughts that, you know, that, that we might think a bit strange. It's about seeing them for what they are. This, this gorgeous neutral energy that's passing through us. Yeah. And that we don't have to take things so seriously. I mean, I always say to people, especially, especially my girls, it's like every experience we have is there to teach us something. Yeah. So it's not a good experience. Neither is a bad experience. It's an experience. Yeah. Learn the lesson and move on. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, Honestly, if that's all people could take away with them mm -hmm. from this, this conversation that we're having, it, it's just an experience and it's educational, mm -hmm. period. Yeah. You know, just imagine the relief that people will get from that. I know it was re relief for me 
when I had that, and it was an insight about so what? Mm. So what, you know? So I had judgment about such and such and such and such or about myself. So what? And to me, that really is honoring the form and the formless. Absolutely. The, The form of our judgment in the moment and the formless wisdom that comes out and moves us past that. Mm. You know, how beautiful is that? It's completely beautiful. I need to share with you. Whenever I get tired, I get really judgmental. And and Jenny Jenny will say to me at nighttime, you know, when I'm tired, he'll say, oh, something's pressed your bitch button again. It's time for bed. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, sweet, eh? You know, but it's, years ago, I would probably have tried to slap him for being so cheeky. <laughs> but now I love that. I love that he sees me and he, he honours me in whatever state I'm in. Yeah. And he's got nothing on it. And because he's got nothing on it, I have nothing on it. Uh, yeah. Wow. You know, when we were just chatting for a few minutes before you started the tape and I was commenting on, on, again, you know, your beautiful environment and that we get to do this. And you said, you know, you feel blessed. Mm. And, and that to me, me too. Yeah. Like that we can sit here right across the world from each other and just share our human nature, our spiritual nature. And it's just like everyday, ordinary, down to earth, you know, um, the blessing of that. And because, you know, you see the world in such chaos and hurting so much. And, and to know that the more we live in our true nature, whether we are moved to actively get involved in the world and, and try to help heal the world in that way, fine and dandy. But if we're not, like if we are more motivated to just live in our true nature, live in love, knowing that that energy of love will ripple out into the world and will help people, will help settle the energy of the world without us moving from our front room yeah i that to me is spiritual activism Mm -hmm. and and to know that you can let it take the form of whatever appeals to you whatever moves you but to be able to do whatever you do with love yeah Oh, yes, love, love above everything else because with love comes that beautiful, peaceful feeling of of being settled but also being active and feeling a wonderful neutrality about what it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's that's so important because I know a lot of people want want to change the world they want to wake up the world when they come across this understanding mm-hmm. and, and they feel that the way of doing that is to challenge what what has gone on before but that's innocent what's happened before is just an innocent misunderstanding of how we as human beings create our experience so yeah. challenging the mental health field it's not about challenging them. It's that word you used earlier. It's about educating them that this is a, an understanding that, that helps people before behavior instead of trying to work on the behavior that happens as a result of, yeah. you know, our thinking. And I, that space is, is so full of potential and so full of love and so full of hope that's where I want to point people because when we really understand where our experience is coming from, that looking upstream, it's not about the content, it's not about what's happening, it's about 
where is that coming from? And it can only ever come from what you and I are talking about right now, Elsie. Yeah, yeah. And, and the simplicity of that. Yeah. And just listening to that inner guidance. We had an election here, a community election on the island just last week. And uh, we live in a retirement community. Um, and our residents are pretty active in, in terms of voting and um, looking after their rights and so on, you know. We've got some pretty powerful residents in the community. And so we had a number of the camp campaigners or candidates mm -hmm. come on our door. And uh, some have spoken to Ken when he answered the door. And then one day I spoke to two, two new candidates. And I was touched by what they were saying, by their freshness and their innovative ideas for helping the island and islanders, you know, in terms of water and housing mm -hmm. for the homeless. Believe it or not, we have homeless oh, here wow. on the uh, and, and so I was, I was taken. But then I, when the um, election actually happened, it was like, mm, yeah, you know, I'd rather read my book. I'm into a good book. <laughs> Not a self-help book. I don't read <laughs> really nice fiction book that has a good story and, yeah. and, and a good feeling to it. And then I'm reading and, and it was like, I felt moved to go and vote. Mm. And so I followed the feeling. And that to me is part of this journey, Jackie. You've known me for long enough to know that uh, sometimes the words of wisdom, as I heard from Sid in the early days, um, bothered me. They, they um, touched too deeply my, uh, my intellect and, and scared me. But it was the feeling. Mm. It was the feeling of him living life in, uh, in well-being. Yes. In a way that I'd never experienced before from anybody. And I had some nice relatives and some nice friends, but I see now that their well-being oftentimes was attached to conditions. Mm. And I didn't know this intellectually, yeah. but I knew the difference when Sid was living in his well-being that it was unconditional that there was something about his well-being that was different from any other kind of happiness or serenity or peace. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that also came from, that came from me, you know, from my knowing that I didn't know I knew mm -hmm. until I did. Yeah. Until I, <laughs> and, and that's the thing for people to see the simplicity of living in their well-being when they have people coming to them for coaching or mentoring or calls, whatever, I had somebody uh, that I, I mentoring who has just started to do some coaching on her own now and mentoring as well. And she was doing a, a four day. And during our call, she was saying um, that it had been a bit of a struggle mm -hmm. because her client had gotten gripped by uh, his thinking and, and she was trying to convince him that there was a way to move out of it. And the more she tried, the more gripped. You know that. Yeah. I know. <laughs> the more gripped she got. Yeah. And so that was kind of the end of, of their day. What, and she was feeling badly about it, that it was not a very successful first day for her. And so we started to chat. And I, and I said, but like, do you just stay in your office? And she said, well, yes. And I said, well, what about, you know, like going for a walk or a drive to show her, uh, pardon me, him, the area, yeah. like just more living with your client rather than talking at your client. And she hadn't considered that. Like she just felt that to be professional, you need to be in an office. And, and then share the principles. And she wasn't even really comfortable sharing the principles at that point because she wasn't certain how to articulate them. 
Yeah. And so we shared a little bit about it's not your ability to articulate the principles that's going to touch people. It's your being in the principles, understanding you are the principles. Yes. And that feeling of I am the principles. Yes. <laughs> will convey more to whoever you're talking to than anything else. And then just living like doing whatever, going out for lunch, whatever comes to mind for you. Yes. It was like I, you know, raised the blind for her that she'd had the, the blind down and it was dark. And this suggestion that, you know, you don't have to stay in your office for the whole time. You can just live with him, mm. you know, enjoy life. That is the most powerful thing you can do is to share your living and well-being with someone or a group or whatever. That's, that's as simple as it can get. Mm. And I know you must find that and have found that for a while, but particularly in your new environment and oh, your beautiful yeah. surroundings and all that, like, Going for a walk on the beach, as I know you often do, you and Jerry and, and with your, your guests. Like, how beautiful is that? Oh, it's stunning, Elsie. And we visit ruined castles and, you know, we go to the local spa and we, you know, we hang out walking across bridges that are older than the United States of America. <laughs> you know, and we just, just in that, as you say, being in that moment, I remember yeah. one time years ago um, when I lived in Edinburgh, I was with a young, a young woman, a young girl actually, she was self-harming. And um, the day that I met her, you know, I said to her, oh, come on, let's, let's just hop in a bus somewhere. And she said, well, where are we going? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I said, we'll just take the bus and find out where we end up. And, and the bus finished, um, you know, the, the terminus was this beautiful golf course set on, you know, the, the River Forth. It was just absolutely fantastic. And we had, it was a sunny day and we spoke. And on the way back on the bus, she was, her mind had really quietened down and her mum had noticed a difference in her behaviour that night. And then the next day we were just out walking and we had a cup of tea. And it occurred to me to take her to... <laughs> to um, the dungeons in Edinburgh, which is like a horror show. <laughs> so we ended up in this dungeons because it occurred to me that I wanted her to see my humanness, for her to see that I get caught up in my thinking when things jump out at me in the dark. Oh, wow. And, and, and she wasn't bothered by that, but I screamed a lot, Elsie. <laughs> I screamed a lot. But it was lovely because just because you and I know this understanding as well as we can at the moment, it doesn't make us immune to the human experience. Yeah. And you've That's been pointing to that all the way through this podcast, which is just beautiful. Yeah. Like the man at the ferry uh, terminal saying, finally rolling his eyes at my insecurity. <laughs> Madam, just look at your schedule. You know? <laughs> and I, I do love the, the conversation we've had, Jackie. I just think it's, it's, um, it's been so rich. You know, I, I, my heart is full in, in hearing you and sharing with you and sharing that feeling with you. And sharing the down-to-earthness of this understanding, you know, for people just to see, wow, I, I wouldn't have to go to another conference or a training or anything, and I'm, I'm okay because I'm what I'm looking for. Absolutely. I am wisdom. It's not just that wisdom has my back or is shoulder to shoulder. I'm what I'm looking for. Mm. And then I, I know, I guarantee the next time you feel moved and you decide, oh, gee, I would love to, to listen to another iPod or uh, go to a retreat or something, mm -hmm. you'll benefit so much more from it because 
you've evolved. Mm. You know, you'll hear more. I know I do. Yeah. Elsie, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Any words of wisdom that you found helpful in your journey? I, I'm going to come back full circle to where we were talking about leave space for your own wisdom. I, I'll never tire of sharing that because that's the, in a way, the ultimate answer is, you know, leave space for your own wisdom. Listening to your self with a big S. Mm. And, and you just will all be more surprised at what comes out. Thank you, Elsie. You've been an absolute joy as always. Lots yes, of love. Thank you very much, Jackie, for inviting me. You're welcome. Hey, you could be larger than